This is the audio version of the Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego podcast, a weekly live show broadcast every Sunday, hosted by Len Sultana, and joined by regular partner in crime, Alyssa Franks of the Friends of Comic Con Forum. This is Season 3, Episode 9, recorded on the 27th of September, 2015. And this week, we replay an interview that actually took place earlier in the week. Mike Armstrong, event director for Repop and the big enchilada behind New York Comic Con. With less than two weeks to go, Mike talks to us about everything exciting that's been prepared for Repop's 10th event in the Big Apple. Welcome to Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. I haven't got my cup of tea because I've just been a little bit busy. I'm trying to uh, get one or two technical things sorted out with the Hangout, but that's all down to an interview that we're going to replay for you in a second. We'll tell you more about that very soon indeed. Uh, Thank you very much indeed for your company. Uh, This is a weekly Hangout where we talk San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con, con culture, pop culture, and pretty much everything that you see at cons uh, in 2015. Um, I have uh, with me at the moment uh, one of my guests, uh, which is uh, Alyssa Franks uh, from the Friends of CC Forum. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? Good morning, Leonard. (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, we've got Jason Coe saying good morning as well. Hello, Jason. Hello, Alyssa. It's six (laughs) o'clock in the afternoon for me. So this is my wrapping up of my weekend. Uh, How's yours gone so far? Um, Busy. Uh, busy trying to get my website up uh, for the the forum, and I would love to get that up in the next day or two. Working on um, so working on coding problems issues, <laughs> you know, the normal. <laughs> I say I'm starting to see a familiar pattern when it comes to talking to you about uh, the website. I've just got one of things, one or two things I've got to get sorted. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the big thing is trying to get all my comics together for Artist Sally at New York City, which, as we mentioned earlier, is in eleven days. Um, and I will, so I will be driving down to New York um, in about uh, ten days myself, and uh, everything must get done by then. Trying to line up some interviews, um, some uh, a couple of people I'd like to talk to. And figure out which panels I want to go to and the exclusives, and it's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I mean, I, I wish I was there with you. Uh, I wish I'd be going to New York. But if you are heading to uh, New York Comic Con, uh, hopefully you're uh, up for a, a fantastic week of uh, events. Of course, you've got um, New, uh, New York Super Week as well. So all the things leading up to it, you've got um, things that we are going to be talking about in an interview very shortly indeed. Don't forget as well, next week we have ourselves our conversation with Cameron Duell from Funko. Um, I'm going to try and swing some uh, prizes out of him as well. But the one thing that he is going to be talking about is the exclusives that got revealed last week. Uh, don't forget, uh, he's wanting to actually unveil or show to you uh, five or six of them on air. So it's like, hold them up to camera and let you have a look at the things. Uh, but what we need now is your contribution. We need to know which ones you want to see. So you can either tweet at CupOTSDCC on the hashtag, or indeed you can mention on the uh, the Q&As. If there's any that you want to see, we'll make a note of them. 
Uh, have a look as well at the uh, the master list on the uh, anenglishmaninsandiego.com. I've put all of them in one big long list, and you can see pictures of every single one of the New York Comic Con exclusives that Funko are bringing. Cameron Duell will be talking about that and also their first appearance at New York Comic Con. So I'm certain they've got a lot to get uh, uh, sort of like revealed at this week, uh, this year's con. Uh, and then in two weeks' time, of course, it's the main event itself, and we are going to be broadcasting live from a vantage point above the exhibition floor. We've already been uh, told that we have the ability to look down, and we're going to have some special guests joining us as well. Completely down to availability, so I'm not going to talk too much about that, but hopefully it's going to be a, a fun episode. So for the next two, uh, well, for the, this and the next couple, it's all about New York Comic Con. So let's get straight into it. What we did this week was uh, pre-record an interview with Mike Armstrong from Reed Pop, who are the organisers of uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, obviously, with uh, 10 years, this is the, uh, the 10th anniversary of the con happening in New York. Coming to the Javits Center, a lot of things happening in 2015. What did you take out of the uh, interview, uh, Alyssa? Um, that a tremendous amount of planning has gone into it. Uh, that they are have really pushed themselves to go over um, and exceed everything that they've done before. Uh, what with the Super Week, uh, the Hammerstein the Walking Dead, uh, the AMC Walking Dead, and that there's um, a lot of fire in the belly, so to speak. <laughs> I, to use, you know, to use some, to, to use a, you know, a, a brief term, um, I will say that we got a lot of feedback on the um, forum, from the forum folk about questions they wanted to ask. There was perhaps a um, I, I, I printed out all of the questions, uh, the thread. There was 11 pages of questions, so I do apologize if I wasn't able to get to all of them. The one question that I, I really am sorry that I didn't ask was the uh, question about ECC and VIP passes, but hopefully we'll be able to get Mike Armstrong back um, closer to, to Emerald City Comic Con, and he can answer some questions about that. I'm not even sure if he's on that. Um, uh, event or not. <laughs> they seem to break yeah. it down since they have such a huge group of people. Yeah, it, it does seem like um, I, I, you could even just hear from what he was talking about, the enthusiasm that was in the office. Was, mm-hmm. uh, very much infectious. So it was very much uh, mm-hmm. a, a fun interview. Really enjoyed doing it. If you watch this live on Wednesday, uh, you got yourself a bit of a sneak preview. And indeed, if you caught my periscope of the thing, at least you got three quarters of it before my battery died. So at least we got uh, uh, as much of it as we could. But what we're going to do is replay that for you now. This was a conversation with Mike Armstrong from Repop uh, ahead of New York Comic Con 2015. Joining us uh, from the Repop office, Mike Armstrong, how are you doing, sir? I'm all right. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me again. You know what? I'm very impressed at just how kind of awake you're looking and kind of like all together and so you can, how kind of composed you're looking at this point. It's uh, because, all the facade. Uh, <laughs> I was, we were talking very briefly before we came on air. Um, I mean, it, it's sounding like there's just so much been happening going in the uh, uh, Repop office. What has been happening so far? Well, this is one of our busy times, obviously. You know, we've got a really busy time in the spring, and we've got a really busy time in the fall. So not only do we have New York Comic Con in 14 days, 
We uh, we put C2E2 tickets on sale three weeks ago. We put Pack South tickets on sale two weeks ago. We put Emerald City Comic Con tickets on sale yesterday. Uh, so there's a lot of stress leading up to uh, to all of those dates. And uh, we had our Midtown event last weekend, which uh, was you know we've been planning that for months and months. And uh, the stress around that was was high. So. We're, it's, it's weird, like, that was the thing I was most worried about, and now we're got, we've got the show in two weeks, and I feel like I almost haven't had enough time to worry about that, but we're getting there. We'll be, we'll be alright. <laughs> I mean, uh, something that I wanted to uh, ask you is, um, about when things actually, for New York Comic Con, when does it actually start? Because obviously you've got Super Week on the way. Uh, when, when does it actually kind of like all kick off? Uh, so we start Thursday at 10 a.m. So this is the first year where Thursday is a full day. It had always been kind of a like a preview night type thing, uh, but it's a full day, 10 to 7, like uh, like Friday and Saturday. So we'll get going there for New York Comic Con, and then like you said, New York Super Week starts the Monday before. Uh, we have a few events going on, uh, and then <laughs> just, the just highlight a few. Of New- yeah, a few. Uh, the highlight of New York Super Week being the uh, Walking Dead premiere in Madison Square Garden on Friday. Uh, and we've got a number of other big tentpole events at Hammerstein Ballroom throughout the course of the week. Well, I mean, the one that I quite like to look of as well, I mean, this is, uh, as a, a DJ, remember, uh, the uh, Blade uh, nightclub recreation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds intriguing, and if anything, I'd like to see a lot of pictures of that. I mean, uh, obviously, I think a lot of people remember the uh, the, the New Order soundtrack, that thumping uh, dance track. I don't imagine that being played for two hours. I can imagine it can be a little bit boring after a while. But, well, I haven't seen the full details on that. Is the Crystal Method really playing that? <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> if the Crystal Method were doing that, that would be a truly incredible night out. That would be amazing. That would be a so, fun one. Uh, obviously, uh, this year, is it's the 10th year of New York Comic Con. So, um, obviously, as an anniversary year, have you got anything special kind of planned for the 10th, uh, 10th event? We've got some limited merchandise, um, you know, some limited edition merchandise, I should say, uh, so commemorating the 10th anniversary. And then we're still debating some different ideas of things that we can do, and we'll, we'll highlight the 10 posters and the 10 different pieces of badge art. So um, we've got some, we're, we're getting a little nostalgic right now, but uh, right now all we're talking about is the merchandise. And you can see all that right now on the New York Comic Con website or on repopsupplyco.com. Well, I know the the, uh, the individual companies are starting to roll out their exclusives as well. Uh, you've got uh, a company that's appearing for the first time at uh, this year's event, Funko, starting to roll out their exclusives. Uh, that must be pretty exciting. I saw Wave 1. I heard Wave 2 is out. I haven't seen it yet, but we're really, really excited that those guys are there. <laughs> and the, the fervor around everything that they do now is, is massive, so I can only imagine what... Those lines are going to look like getting to their booth on Thursday morning, but it's uh, you know it's something our fans have been asking for for a while. Well, I know. I mean, that was one thing that I wanted to uh, another one that I wanted to ask you about, considering that uh, the the booth I know is pretty much right near the entrance as well. Yeah. Um, Here's why: I mean, it's them and it's Weta right next to it, so both of those booths are going to be crazy. Um, we've got a lot of space in the front, and we've got some lobby space that we can go into. We're also talking about doing lines for them uh, in a different area of the building where we've already got a kind of a, a structure set up for that, um, but that stuff will start coming out in the next week and a half or so. Excellent. Okay. Um, everyone, if you are watching this on the Hangout, and we do have a number of viewers, thank you very much indeed for taking part. If you do want to jump in and ask any questions of Mike, you're more than welcome to do so. You can jump in on the Google Plus uh, Q&A, of course, and you can use uh, our Twitter handle, 
cutotsdcc. If there's any questions that you do want to ask of um, Mike regarding New York Comic Con, uh, Super Week, all the uh, the things that we're going to be talking about this afternoon, you're more than welcome to do so. Jump in and we'll put those to them. We also have a number of questions from the Friends of CC Forum, which is why I'm now going to pass over to Alyssa Franks. I know that we've got a whole bunch, so we'll, we'll, we'll crack on with those. So, Alyssa. I, can I interject? I should actually say, and if you actually have any questions for Mark, Mike Armstrong, too, you know, if you can ask him. The whole world, you have to understand, revolves around right. Mike Leventhal. We understand this. For once, we're looking at the other Mike. Mike right. number two, okay? That's, that's fine. Okay. So, <laughs> any questions for Mike Armstrong? Uh, do jump in on the uh, the Q&A, but we'll start with the ones on the forum. So, uh, Alyssa. I'm going to jump right in with uh, some of the, the difficult ones. Um, and a lot of people have been wondering why there's no uh, refunds for tickets that are bought. So, say somebody bought a ticket through no uh, fault of their own. Uh, their plans change, and they would like to either resell it, um, at, you know, to their friend at cost, or would like to submit it for a refund through NYCC. Is there um, is there any thought to having uh, some sort of methodology in place so that people who are being honest, they're not scalpers, and they would just like to have some recourse? Um, this was put forward by a number of people. Um, uh, you think me mad, uh, Barbara, uh, Karate Kid, uh, got another one, Gary, um, Computer Gary, had this all on the forum. Well, it's, a, it's in our mind, we, we view New York Comic Con as any sort of large-scale event where you need to buy a ticket, um, and there's no refunds. Like, if we go to a baseball huh. game, buy a Mets ticket a few months in advance and for some reason can't go, I can't call the Mets and say, hey, I want my money back. We do look for people to um, to, to pass it off to a friend or to sell it at face value to a friend or a family member. Um, dealing with the logistics of having tickets come back into inventory after we've said that a certain ticket segment is sold out is really difficult for us because then more four-day tickets come on the market and if it's past our mailing deadline, there's just so many different variables that come into it. But we view this like any like a concert or like any sporting event where you buy a ticket and you can't come, usually that venue is not going to give you a refund on those tickets. Okay. So I'm just thinking if there was some way that uh, you can f help facilitate like the forum does, and I, I probably shouldn't be suggesting them this as a forum owner, but as the forum does facilitate people who are looking just to recoup their money, um, no plans to do that in the future, to make it a little bit more legitimate. Um you know, we've talked about it as the group before, yeah. and I just don't know that we want to be in that business. You know, we, yeah. um, you know, we want to focus our attention on putting on the event. We'd rather, mm -hmm. you know, if there's a limited number of people who are looking to refund those tickets, they can find the avenues uh, to do that th themselves. Right. And as New York Rider uh, says, the New York state law permits uh, the resale of tickets, so there yeah. is some legal yeah. considerations. As long as they're at face value, then we have no problem. Right. I have no problem if somebody buys a ticket and then sells it to their brother if they can't make the show. Okay. Um, I think that that does help a lot of people because I think people are very worried about even just, you know, selling it, you know, face value that the tickets are going to get canceled. But at least, you know, if 
if you're just saying, well, you know, I can't go and he's paid me and we're good, you know, then I think that alleviates a lot of people's concerns yeah. in general. A lot of the language that you find in our ticketing um, disclaimers is to prevent, you know, pervasive scalping. Um, <laughs> yeah. There are one-offs here and there that, you know, we're fine with somebody selling their $95 ticket to somebody else for $95. Like, we don't, we don't have an issue with that. Um, the things that we run into problems with is we need some sort of legal backup when uh, we encounter somebody who has a large amount of tickets and is trying to sell them. That's what we use in order to, to stop that. Mm-hmm. So there's no plans on... Uh, strictly enforcing the wording either. I can uh, read into what you're saying. So, so if I want to sell a ticket, I'm not going to, to my friend at cost, I'm not going to, Repop won't come after me. <laughs> if you do it okay. offline in something yeah. that's not a public forum like eBay or StubHub or Craigslist, then no. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's it, it's helpful to me as a forum owner and who and a person who's trying to facilitate the goodwill among con attendees um, to to know that there won't be a problem down the road with yeah. with read pop in the foreseeable feature. Yeah. I think if you look at a situation and and if you look at something, I don't know how familiar you are with the with Louis C.K. the comedian, but he's got for his concerts has very strict ticketing policies. And if he finds anybody selling their ticket above face value, he figures out who it is and he cancels it. Um, mm-hmm. And we've attempted to do that in a lot of cases. Yeah. In a lot of cases, we've been really successful. Um, but if you are going, you know, you have extenuating circumstances where you can't come, you need to unload your ticket at face value and you do it in a yeah. private way on private channels, go for it. So that kind of brings up another question, and this one is from me, and this uh, dovetails into Midtown Comics. Were a lot of the tickets, I noticed that there were, seemed like there was a huge amount of tickets on sale at Midtown, uh, way more than I thought there was going to be. Hats off to you. Um, were a lot of those tickets from scalpers? No, uh, not a lot. I think... I would say, if I look at the estimates of what we were going to do initially, I'd say that maybe 10% of them were reclaimed tickets. We found other things to do with reclaimed tickets, um, but there was a portion that was in the Midtown sale. But there were a lot of tickets available. We wanted this to be something where if you waited for, if you waited overnight or if you waited for a few hours, we wanted you to be able to get what you wanted. Um, and I think the team did a really good job of that. Oh, they did a great job. So you got a number? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give a number, but it's... It, uh, Many thousands. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking that there had to be at least um, six to ten. I don't know, ten thousand, six to a ten thousand. A little bit north of that, but yeah, we we allocated uh, what turned out to be a very appropriate number of tickets for that. Yeah, it, it was very interesting watching the, the, the that day that when sales when you started the sales throughout the day and how it was progressing. So uh, I'll say, yeah, to reiterate, it was a very good job overall. It seemed very smooth throughout the day. Yeah, I, I think I said it when we were talking offline, but that was the thing for the last five months we've been talking about our plan for that. That's the thing I'd been most worried about because we haven't had good success in past years of having physical tickets available on sale at retail stores. So we put a lot of work into it. The marketing team did a fantastic job of working with Midtown to develop a plan, and, and you see all that you know, the most of the structure of the queue was developed by our partners at Midtown um, and then vetted through us, but the team did a hell of a job. We had over 25 staff members there. We had additional security overnight. 
you know, we listened to, to people who have been through it before and we did everything that we could to improve it. And that's something that we try to do, you know, anytime there's an issue with something. Go ahead. I, I was going to actually ask two quick question, side questions. Since you did pl have a, like that, you had the map planned out. Did you actually actually have to work with you know anyone within New York, this you know the city of New York, to kind of deal with how you plan that line? We didn't. Um, it's a Sunday, and it was the financial district, so there's not a ton of foot traffic yeah. down there on Sunday. So that's part of the reason why we did it downtown uh, was because we knew there wouldn't be. Uh, there's not a ton of people who live down there. There's not, you know, no one's going into the office. So um, that was the reason why we did it there and only there, because we knew we would be able to handle the line there. If you look at where Midtown's other stores at Grand Central and Times Square, those those venues don't have any, you know, sort of queue space that we'd be we'd feel comfortable using. So, you know, a lot of thought went into it, and I, it might sound like I'm patting myself on the back a lot for this, but the team, uh, Jackie Williams, our marketing director, and Kirsten Halstead, our marketing manager, just knocked that one out of the park. You need to pat yourself on the back. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was yeah. greatly, well, very well handled. Um, I do have a question. Uh, this is from Bukarand on the forum, and it addresses show floor uh, versus vendors and goes into a little bit, yes, the next topic, the next big one, <laughs> versus uh, uh it, but to it also include Artist Alley into it. Um, what he says is, can Repop have security within the show floor to eliminate those with vendor passes and exhibitor passes lining up early? Um, this is especially um, including in Artist Alley, art, autograph lines, um, the line for wristbands for stage ID and any particular area uh, other areas that give them an advantage before the show floor opens. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's a pervasive thing around every show, uh, especially a show that has such good exclusives and great artists and, um, and good autographing guests. Like, we, we do our best to police it by having our teams on the show floor kind of walking around and saying, there's no lines here. The, I, I don't know why you're lying up. What are you doing here? Um, and trying to push people away till show opens. Some of the exhibitors do a good job of, of policing that on their own. They recognize that it's not the best look for them if, you know, mm -hmm. somebody gets to their booth and there's 25 exhibitors in front of them. It's a difficult thing to manage, though, when you've got an exhibitor who doesn't care, you know. Um, so we, we do our best to message exhibitors and to, uh, you know, message our security staff and our show floor team to make sure that, you know, we've identified the people who we know are going to have lines and make sure that we're there just to kind of push those away and make sure that people aren't forming what they feel is a line. Um, but it's an issue at every show. You know, I see it at, at San Diego Comic-Con as well. They do a nice job of walking around saying there's no lines, the show floor is not open, and making people go back to their booths. We're, we're getting there. Um, but we, we need buy-in from exhibitors, too, and we're trying to get that. It, it's not just the um, – and he goes on to say it's not just the – uh, uh, the exclusives. It's also for the image booth, um, who've, who's got the, the comic exclusive. And it's also an artist alley for the artists who, um, whose sheets fill up quickly for yeah. the sketches. Um, so it's, it, it's a pervasive problem. He's seen it as a pervasive problem throughout the entire convention. Um, not just for the toys. Yeah. And, I think I think we, we try to, if we know that there's going to be an issue and the exhibitor is not willing to work with us on it, 
we mm-hmm. try to push all of that to Thursday so that it's done. And those yeah. exhibitors who are trying to collect those exclusives for resale later um, aren't doing that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So at least three quarters of our days are, uh, you know, <laughs> line cutting free, I should say. <laughs> Did you want to add anything to that, Mike? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a valid point, you know, mirroring it, especially, um, you know, uh, unlike San Diego, we have the VIP pass types with, you know, jump the line, sort of. So it is mm-hmm. somewhat, especially because if you go to the New York Comic Con website, you know, under the VIP pass, it says, you know, be the first to get the exclusives. So, you know, it's... Especially if there are people who do, like San Diego, who get an exhibitor badge and then they flip it out for their regular badge, you know, or you have the exhibitors online, I see that, you know, the validity of that point. It's hard to to, to manage that, but I would say yeah, it's something that should uh, has to be at least looked at in, in general overall. Yeah. Well, I thought... I thought that, that Bukharan's point was good that it was happening all over the place because mm-hmm. I didn't really expect it in Artist Alley, and I should have, yeah. you know, or for Image, and I should have. You know, I just yeah. should have put that together. <laughs> but um, the next... Yourself at Repop are doing absolutely everything you can to kind of make that happen. So it's, it is very much more for the uh, the attendees rather than, like you say, the scalpers. And uh, I do know that a number of the, uh, the the retailers also recognize that it's a problem. And we're going to be speaking to uh, uh, Cameron Buell, uh, who faced a, a very similar problem at San Diego uh, this year. Um, but the, the, at the end of the day, the retailers are also very, getting very frustrated uh, by the, the by the scalpers. So it's good to know that um, you're so like you're talking to the uh, to the vendors and doing what you can to stop stop it happening. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels to what we do for ticket on sale. Like we don't want people who don't have the intention of using the ticket on their own to uh, their ticket that they purchased uh, to to sell it. Like we that's not something we like. We don't like our tickets going to scalpers. We don't like seeing our tickets on eBay. Um, you know, we like the true fans who are going to come and enjoy the show to be able to pay face value so they can go to the show and have the type of experience that they want to have. Like, there's there's a lot of parallels there. <laughs> love love the poster, by the way. They just came out. <laughs> that's a that's a great poster. No, yeah. I meant um, oh, the, oh, the, the new yes. Yes. yes, I love that poster. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. I don't think I have one in here. Yeah, I don't see one. I was kind of surprised I saw one maybe over the back. I'll I'll try and uh, get a picture when I get a moment and uh, post it in the Q&A so that other people can take a look at it, too. Um, the next series of questions I've got uh, from the forum um, are about autographs, um, primarily from the celebrities. And I'll, I'll be the first person to admit that I don't understand... I don't understand how this all works. <laughs> I don't. Well, I, you know, I'll do a comic auto, but not a celeb. I have no interest in getting some of them. Anyway, um, it's uh, Computer Gary says, um, uh, and he goes on to say, thinking specifically about Artist Alley, um, if there is a fee, could it be prominently displayed? So that when you get to the front of the line, you aren't shocked by having, oh, that'll be $10 after you've handed your card or your comic or your whatever to get signed. And I know I've, I've had that problem myself, too. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I saw that question and I, I laughed when I saw it because it is a <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't want to put in that position either. Um, it's up to the artist, you know. The, you know, those yeah. things aren't things we control. Um, so it's up to the artist to be decent people um, and and let them know that's happening. In the some in some instances where we do have crew members there who are kind of managing lines like that, mm-hmm. we discuss having them kind of pass along that message. Um, but that's that's on the artist. It's like going to an exhibitor's booth and thinking something is a giveaway and taking it and then saying, "Hey, wait, come back. That's ten bucks." Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's yeah. I can see that being an issue. I it may be just a pass along, you know, to the you know, if you put a blurb in the and an email that's exchanged, you know, between you guys and the and the artist, that it might it might prompt one or two more artists to put to announce it. Um, for the studio art autographs, can you find out the limit and post post it before the floods of fans go there? This is post this is a question by Righteous Rita, and I think what she's trying to say is um, if you go to a line and you find out that there's 150 people or there's they're accepting 200 people in that line and you know you're outside of it, uh, I'm not explaining this very well, but um, trying to get an idea about how many people are going to be in that line before you get there. So if they're they're only taking 10 autographs, there's no point. Well, we do, manage, we do our best to manage expectations back yeah. there. So there are people at the end of those lines. If we if that person knows that there's a limit, mm-hmm. and someone comes in beyond that limit, we do tell them, hey, this isn't guaranteed. You can stay and wait and see if you know if they move quickly and they can get to it. But it's not guaranteed at this point that you're going to be able to get the autograph. So it's something that happens once they get to the area. There's really not a good way for us to communicate individually for every signing. Um, if if something's at its limit, because there's just so much and there's too much going on. Um, so there's there's no way that you can know before before the show. Say Billy Piper is going to do 100 autographs and that's oh, it. Oh, okay. For that stuff, um, we know the time that they'll be in there. Different celebrities move at a different pace. There's some people who like to spend a minute with each person they sign for, and there's some people who like to spend 10 seconds with them. So it's really up to their own personal pace. Um, that stuff is hard to gauge before the show unless we've had them in a different event. Um, so that's a little bit more difficult. So we like in a similar situation, if someone's getting into that line, we do have people there who are doing their best to manage expectations on whether or not they're going to be able to get that autograph. Great. I would. I think there's a slight <laughs> difference in. I, I think this confusion on the forum, which I think this may help out, is between. The people like Billy Piper or people from Game of Thrones who are there in the autographing tables versus your cast autographing, which I think is that's where the limit of like 150 people come in. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, so you have, you have your, you have your Nathan Fillions and your Billy Pipers who will have dedicated times at the autograph, at their autographing tables signing, but then you also have like the cast of, um, Supergirl or person of interest coming out, and I think that's where the question is: like, how how are those tickets going to be meted out? Because I think some of them say first come first serve or something like that in the morning. So that I think they're trying to figure out how those lines are going to be um, handled overall, or how they're you know what's going on with that. Yeah, I'm sure specifics are going to leak, leak out in the next week or so. But you're right; they're two totally different groups here because you've got the people who are 
doing paid autographing, and you've got the people who are here with studio support who are doing free autographing for as many people as they can. So in a lot of cases, those free autographings are going to have a limit on the number of people who they can get through in the allotted time that they have because they're either on their way to a panel uh, or they're on their way home after doing their panel and their signing. So those times are tight, and that's where we do our best to manage expectations and say you're probably not going to get in, but if you want to wait, by all means, you can wait and see if they've got time after they're done. The people who are doing paid autographing, um, those guys are there for the whole weekend in a lot of cases. Sometimes they're there only for a couple of days, but they're there pretty much that whole day um, just trying to get through their line as quick as possible. Um, so the, the the studio autographing stuff, that information will start to come out as things get clearer from the studios. Do you monitor the social media aspect of it all to kind of see um, which ones are starting to get more trending and uh, kind of anticipate where uh, uh, the interest is going to be. Yeah, it, it's tough. And um, if you look at our PAX events, there's a dedicated Twitter account called PAX Lines, which kind of tells people, um, hey, this panel is getting full or this panel, um, there's still seats available. It's really tough to do that, excuse me, um, for the eight different signings in the studio area that are going on at any given moment, plus all the panel information. Um, so it's something we can try. I worry that it's information overload, and I worry that at the jab it's with poor cell service that no one's going to see it anyways. <laughs> so the next question I have, um, that was actually you addressed a question from Cactus USB. Okay, I'm going to brutalize people's word. Um, Doctor Who, <laughs> to go on, Doctor Who 42 um, wants to know, how the UA badge holder prioritization will impact the autograph lines um, for the general person. It, and I suspect that he's talking about the, um, the official area in, uh, for the Nathan Fillions and the Billy Pipers in the big hall. Yeah, it shouldn't that much. I mean, obviously, if there's a UA holder who's, you know, they're going to cut the line. That that might take up another 30 seconds or so of that person's time. But they usually move through people pretty quickly, and there's probably, I don't think there's one polarizing figure down in autographing who all of the UA ticket holders are going to rush to. And that yeah, quantity is not as big as people might assume. You know, we do try to keep that really specialized and limited. So it shouldn't have an impact on, on autograph times. Plus, those times are spread out over the course of four days, so the UA holder can go whenever they want. I don't, I don't see it being an issue, but it's always something we keep our eye on. Yeah. So the UA pe- per- person would just go to the front of the line and, and and meet and talk and get and jump right in. That was by Righteous Rita. And then we start going into celebrity pictures. <laughs> where we have another question um, from Computer Gary, and I'm going to try and distill it into a couple of sentences because I can't read the four paragraphs. Uh, (laughs) Well, um, and basically what he's saying is that he would like to be, when when he's getting an autograph, is there any way that New York Comic Con can say to the celebrities, we want to take a picture while we're waiting in line of that celebrity. And it's all up to the celebrity. You know, there yeah. we don't have a lot of control down there. Um, a lot of this stuff is handled by the celebrity and the celebrity's agents or managers. So there are some people who don't like their picture taken, um, and that's 
perfectly reasonable, I think. Um, there are some people who are totally cool if you snap a picture of them from across the table. Um, there's some people who are even more forthcoming with their time and energy. But, um, you know, it's not something that we can put structure around because everyone has uh, has their own wants and needs. And I've seen a lot of celebrities who, you know, who will sign behind a drape and they won't even be visible to the public unless you're paying for them to, to sign something and go around. So it's... You know, it's something we, we try to work on with every celebrity, but some people have certain requirements. <laughs> we have a question from uh, Jason from the Nerd Truth who's asked uh, regarding photo ops, uh, when will the website be updated with uh, photo op information? No, photo op inf- information. Within the next week. I think some of the new ones actually came up yesterday or the, the day before. Some of it is up. Great. Um, so I've got a personal question. Is there any way that we can get an Excel spreadsheet? Uh, <laughs> and he knows where I'm going. <laughs> Let me check. I, don't, I don't see why not, but there's smarter people here than I am who might have an issue with it. But let me. Okay. Let me look. Something, something so that we can, so us comic types can organize our lists better and don't have to go through the tedious, laborious task of, of going through all of that. I had to get my personal plug in. I know. I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we've got a bunch of one-off questions to um, a question from Riot Girl uh, 77. Is there a chance that the Empire stage could be emptied between panels, i.e. panel clearing. I know it, it may be a bit impossible because there's no queue hall. Um, however, clearing the room out after a panel, having people line up for a specific panel might be difficult, but it would be worth it. Definitely not this year. Um, this year, it's you know you you can camp in there if you want to. We did add a significant number of seats in that panel this year, so there will be much more capacity. But that's a difficult room for us to work with because, like you said, there's no queue hall. Um, there's no logical place for people to line up. So it, it's something that we've identified as an issue. What we did um, is we attempted to put a lot of the panels that would be an empire into the Hammerstein Ballroom, which we can talk about. Um, but we're, we're trying our best to, to put panels in there that um, can have a little bit of free flow going on. Thursday is very impressive on the Empire stage, I have to say. I, I actually almost see myself spending all of Thursday on the, in the Empire stage. I've picked my main panels. That's, 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 for me, it's Daredevil. It's going to be Daredevil and uh, probably Firefly. Those are the two. And, right, and the maybe, yeah, and maybe um, Mr. Robot. That'll be the other one over and in the... Uh, Hammerstein, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, one of my new favorite shows. Uh, just to, to plug that one because it, yeah, like it needs more viewership. Uh, <laughs> Transmute Young has a question about UA tickets in the Hammerstein. And she was wondering if uh, UA folk will be giving any preferential line treatment at the hammer sign? Um, I'll have to double check on that. I hadn't seen that question yet, so I wasn't prepared for that one. Um, <laughs> I, I 
don't know, to be honest with you. My guess is that since it wasn't in the initial offering or the package for those tickets that it's not included, there's a ton of seating at Hammerstein, so I'm very hopeful that there will be the ability for people to see whatever they want there. Um, but I don't know the specific answer to that on the UA. I'm sorry. I can find it and then let you know, and then you can post them to the forums if that's cool. Sure, sure. Absolutely. How large is the Hammerstein? How many seat uh, venue? You'll see about 2,400. Oh, cool. That's a nice And it's got two balconies, so it's going to look really, really good. Ah, oh, sweet. I'm looking forward to that, that hall. Um, line signage, and this is from Computer Gary. Um, in order to make things easier for those holding them, and I'm not quite sure what it was, <laughs> and avoid wasting time on the attending seat, attendees part, there should be separate signs indicating where the end of the line is and if a line has been capped. Um, signs somehow seem more real and official when someone, be it a crew or a staff, is telling you that the line has been capped. I agree. <laughs> uh, uh, for uh, if you're looking at the show floor, like we unfortunately just don't have enough staff that will be able to handle all of the different lines that are going to start yeah. on the floor um, for stuff that's going on in autographing um, or, or even in artist alley. If there's big signings there, we do our best to have a crew member at the pain points and make sure that they are holding signs. Um, I agree with Gary that it's more official looking if we have a crew or a staff member doing it, but we just don't necessarily have that kind of bandwidth. Yeah, uh, just a person in a T-shirt, you know, with right. yeah. <laughs> end of line or, you know, just because line, line, uh, uh, the end of lines are, are tricky, having run for them a few of, a few times. Um, can we – go ahead, I, Mike. Can I circle back a little bit? Because I wanted to ask this, um, and it kind of got – we're very far off track from it. But back to the Midtown event for one question. <laughs> um the decision actually to just announce it the day before versus, you know, giving some people a little bit more time to prepare, especially, you know, not not even, I know part of it could be, you know, scalpers getting their chance to, um, you know, organize, but there are people who are out of state, Pennsylvania, you know, Connecticut, who would have, you know, if they were given a little bit more heads up, maybe would have, you know, came down. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it was it was a decision that was it was a decision that was debated a lot. Um, ultimately, we decided that we didn't want to give um, resellers the ability to mobilize and get their crews there. Um, I think that we had we made sure that we had a lot of tickets as a result of that. So if you go to a couple of Midtown stores right now, I think downtown and I think Times Square they still have tickets. You can yeah. go get a Sunday ticket right now if you wanted to. So we made sure that we had enough tickets to allow for people who might not have had enough time that night or early morning to get their ticket, but there was no line at 5 p.m. on Sunday. So if people did want to come get a badge, they could have got a badge. We're never going to find a date that works perfectly for everybody. Ultimately, we decided the benefit of not allowing large groups of resellers to get there was for the best. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. I just also know, because I've been watching the Midtown, uh, if you go to the Midtown Facebook page and you look at their comment section before Saturday when it was announced, it it was almost like every question was, when are tickets on sale? When are tickets on sale? I mean, that was the pervasive, you know, uh, topic for them on their Facebook page anyway, so. And, and us too. I mean, we, we knew that we were going to, 
maybe not please everybody with that, but ultimately we felt the benefit was worth it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was it was surprising to me that um, you chose to do it that way. Although I'm not entirely surprised, given that San Diego also did uh, did that on a few occasions. They they announced the ticket sales like two or three days beforehand um, a few years ago. So it 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 seems like it's a way of doing things, and yeah. it, it made sense to me when when I heard it. Um, I've got a couple more questions. Um, Karate Kid um, says, is basically wondering about future dates. And uh, we're, we're October. We're, we're first or second week of October uh, for as long as I can see. So um, that, that should give enough planning time. Yeah. Does it seem as though it's going to be on Columbus Day weekend? Is that um, going to be pretty consistent? Yeah, I think it's a good weekend for us. Um, so it's something that we're going to try to stick to. There's always variables that come into play with convention centers and their scheduling, and the Javits is very busy. Um, so the, it might deviate one or two weeks here and there, but it's always going to be early October. Yeah. I, I just like to put a second in for Columbus Day weekend. It makes, uh, when you have a family, it makes life so much easier to get the teenagers there. And the teenagers, I feel strongly, are the ones that really need the cons. The you know a geeky teenager really needs a con because he needs he needs to know that he's got a tribe, and yeah. I, I think that's very important. Um, so just the thing we like most about our shows is that yeah. kind of personal connection and and having people who might feel you know like an outcast in normal life feel like yeah. they're part of something at their home when they go to a show like this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you keep keep that, and so keep it on Columbus Day weekend, so we can keep bringing the kids. You bet. <laughs> I think is it. Um, I've got um, let's see, one last question, um, and this kind of harkens back to the uh, refund policy, uh, ticket refund policy. And I was wondering, do you know why, uh, if somebody loses their badge uh, last year, uh, my as my 15 year old brain dead son did. One day before con, um, we were able to get a replacement very easily and for 15 or 20 bucks. It was very straightforward. I think this was on a Friday morning. Um, this year, if he loses his badge, he's going to have to pay for Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, the remaining value on the ticket, I assume. Um, why was that changed and help? <laughs> um, it, it was changed as a result of a few things we saw on site with um, some element of fraud. Um, okay. So we're doing our best to prevent people from attempting that fraud again. Um, and unfortunately, price is the only way that we can really do that. Um, if somebody produces a damaged badge, like we I, literally, we had two emails come in recently with dogs who have literally eaten badges. <laughs> so if they're able to produce that badge... We will send them a new badge if they send us that badge. We're just trying to avoid multiple badges being out there because um, if there's a if if someone has a badge that we have deactivated, mm-hmm. they can still sell that to somebody an unsuspecting person, and then that person goes to register it. Oh. And it's not registrable. So we're doing our best to avoid situations like that. I hadn't taken it to that that next step. Because I had just assumed that that it would get that the lost badge would have gotten attempted to be used. I didn't realize somebody would try and sell it. I'm not that devious. In this line of work, 
you 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 unfortunately see the worst in people. Um, yeah. It, you know, you have to assume the worst in certain instances. That is all of my. I had eleven pages of questions, and that are the, all of the questions from the forum. Thank you. <laughs> you did. All in in about 45 minutes. Thank you so much, Mike. He just unbuttoned his pants. He's just like... <laughs> Relax. Relax. I, I, so, I, have a, I have a burning question. Yeah. Force Friday, what did you buy and did it include a BB-8? I did not buy anything. I don't know where I was, but I was not around. I think I was traveling for work. You mean, um, you mean, you mean, I do you mean, want to get, I do want to get that. Spiro's an exhibitor yes. at New York Comic Con this year. Mm-hmm. So I would like to pick that up, but I remember being a little disappointed that I couldn't get anything because I think I was working. I see that, Leonard. I see it. <laughs> He's very, very good. He's very, very good. <laughs> I will say. Okay. Um, so, the, oh, I, I actually have a couple of questions. Sure. <laughs> I know that um, Alyssa's thinking. No, we've got, we've done it. We've got all the questions out. No, easy. <laughs> uh, we've actually got a couple that have come in on uh, the the Twitter. Thank you very much indeed. If you are watching, uh, we've got um, a question from uh, Jason from uh, the Nerd Truth, uh, saying that NYCC seems to be drawing some more big profile panels this year, like Mr. Robot and uh, WBTV. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance that we're going to get to Comic Con, uh, San Diego Comic Con, Hall H level? With Marvel and uh, WBDC movie panels at NYCC. Yeah, the movie stuff has always been a struggle for us because you know it is so easy for somebody who's working in LA to drive down to San Diego and go do that. So we've always prided ourselves on getting the good TV, um, which I think we've done a really good job this year. And most of that programming is going to be at the Hammerstein. Um, and then we've also done a really good job with comics. You know, we haven't we haven't really deviated for that from that. Um, so we get we, we play to our strengths really well, um, and you know the Hollywood stuff when it comes in it's great. Last year, if you see you know Tomorrowland and and, and uh, Big Heroes Big Hero Six is that what it was called? Yes. Big Hero Eight. What? Whatever. Yes. <laughs> you know we, that was a fantastic right. panel that Disney put on. Those are both. We get it. Turns out to be really good because when George Clooney shows up on the you know eleven o'clock news, my mother finally realizes what I do for a living. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we, we play to our strengths pretty well, and that's TV and comics. Is there any kind of highlights for yourself in the uh, in the schedules and in the listings that, uh, that you're going to try? Because I, I know when we speak to uh, David Glanzer, he struggles because he's always running around and he's always try- he's doing what he needs to do in the background, but he always tries to sneak away for a couple of panels. Is there any for yourself that... Uh... I've, never, I've never seen a panel. Uh, I, I saw 10 minutes of a South Park panel... Maybe four years ago, uh, and that's the last full panel I've seen. I, I did pop in last year to see Clooney come out, just because I wanted to see the fans' reaction to that, and that was awesome. Um, but you know, I, <laughs> I I don't really get an opportunity to do it. If I did, then I, I you know, same with Alyssa, I'd want to go see Daredevil uh, and uh, Jessica Jones and that kind of stuff. But you know, it's it's hard for me to break away. How big? Um of a coup, I, it was a huge coup for you guys to get The Walking Dead at Madison Square Garden. I, that's just a, it, it amazes me. Um, is it going to be, do you know how large the venue is going to be for that? Is it going to be uh, the smaller theater or? 
It's not the smaller theater. It's the arena. Uh, and I don't know the specific ticket number, but it's going to be insane. Um, and you're right. Like, getting that as part of New York Super League was a huge coup for us, and we're so thrilled to... Yeah. Be able to work with AMC, and they've always proven to be a great partner. But that's gonna be that's gonna be intense, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, when that that was definitely the go the must get ticket of the entire uh, thing that's been uh, announced so far, and uh, I'm just thrilled that I'll be there. <laughs> Are you gonna be there? I probably won't be. I'll probably working another Super Week event that night. But it's, oh. it's hard because they they justify such a bigger room than we're able to provide in our special events theater. Um, mm-hmm. So we needed to work with them to come up with a solution, and luckily we were able to nail down this Madison Square Garden thing. But it's it's gonna be amazing. How hard was that uh, getting Madison Square Garden on a Friday night? Yeah, it was pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's not as though it it doesn't have other things happening there. No, occasionally. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, you know, a lot of the legwork was done by AMC on that, and they did a fantastic mm-hmm. job, and I can't wait to see it executed because it's going to be uh, an incredible event. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, uh, it definitely looks amazing, and uh, yeah. hats off to you. Just like with the, the Midtown ticket sales, you guys really have done a lot with the planning um, and working within the city structure to uh, come up with an amazing uh, over the years, come up with even an even better uh, show year after year, and that's uh, hats off to good planning. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. It's it's a labor of love for us, and it's a difficult city to work in. It's a difficult convention center to work in, um, but mm-hmm. the team here is you know top notch. Some of the best people yeah. I've ever worked with. So um, you know, everyone does. Everyone pulls their own <laughs> way. You know, pulls together a great event, and our fans largely appreciate uh, everything that we do. So we're, we're, we're grateful to them because without them and without the support of the exhibitors that we have, you know, we wouldn't be doing this. Do you have any kind of uh, estimates so far on uh, numbers through the doors? I mean, obviously, really growing <laughs> as big as it can. Have you got any sort of like ballpark figures that you're thinking or aiming for? More than last year. I mean, we had <laughs> 1,000 last year. Um, and that number will be will be higher. So we're we're you know a lot of that is a result of us spreading into the city. So we've got stuff going on at Hammerstein, which you know means that we have capacity in other places. So uh, the Hammerstein stuff is really key for us, and it's part of our 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 strategy going forward. Is what other places can we take over in the city that we can bring New York Comic Con to? Um, and you know we're going to continue to grow like that over the next couple of years. I can also imagine that, like you say, with George Clooney showing up and uh, getting on the on the news, that absolutely puts uh, Repop and New York Comic Con in the on the screens of uh, uh, everybody who perhaps was thinking about going, and it's certainly something that they're uh, planning on. We've got a comment from uh, Conquest Journals who's saying that my mother asked if I ran into co- uh, George Clooney at New York Comic Con last year as well. Uh, so I, I think obviously what people are assuming is that George Clooney does go around and see every single attendee one oh, time. He walks the floor. Yeah, he's <laughs> only a handful of us knew that he was going to be there, and uh, to see that come to fruition was incredible. Excellent. Right, in that case, uh, we will let you get off and enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us. My uh, pleasure. Mark, Mike Armstrong from Repop, thank you very much indeed for your time. Thanks, guys. Excellent stuff. Thank and you. Uh, I'd like to thank again uh, my other guest, Alyssa Franks from uh, Friends of CC Forum. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. Thank you very much indeed to Michael Leventhal. Thanks for having me.
Not a problem at all. <laughs> and I will be watching with uh, much interest uh, the activities of New York Comic Con from England. I'm really looking forward to seeing all the tweets and the posts of people enjoying themselves at New York Comic Con. I'm really looking forward to that. Shameless plug, watch, you should watch a lot of that content on our Twitch TV channel. We'll have two channels this year from our stage on the show floor uh, with special guests and, and all sorts of stuff. So make sure that you're watching it via that. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's a Wonderful. bit of news. Thank you very much indeed for, for sharing that, Twitch TV. Yeah. And there we go. We got there eventually. We weren't too sure Made it out onto tape. Yay. Sorry. Yeah, I wasn't too sure if that was going to work, but there we go. We did it. Um, if you're watching this, thank you very much indeed. I'm, I mean, we know that it was going to be slightly awkward uh, in terms of getting Mike on the uh, the Hangouts and on the show. And we were hoping that he was going to join us live. But uh, the official line was um, that, basically, he has been working every single day, uh, pretty much between now and getting ready for New York Comic Con, and basically got told by the missus that if he didn't take one weekend off, at least a Sunday, then, he, yeah, there was going to be some breaking of plates and violence involved. We're really grateful that he actually took time out. That was on the, we recorded that on the Wednesday. Thank you very much indeed. Now I, I I've been following people's uh, comments on Twitter. Thank you so much. And I'm really glad that you enjoyed uh, the time that we had with Mike. Um, if there are any, are any questions that you feel that we missed or anything that you want us to follow up on, you're more than welcome to uh, let us know on using the cup of TSDCC um, um, hashtag in the comments, in the uh, Google Plus Hangout, or anywhere. Just let us know, and over the next couple of days, I'll put those questions together, and we'll put do an email follow-up, and we'll put that on the uh, the EnglishmanInSanDiego.com website, and also on Friends of CC Forum. I thought I, it was I, just I, such a fun conversation. What did you think, Alyssa? Oh, it, it was amazing. And, and the thing I, that I was wondering about was his last-minute... Um, uh, comment that it was going to be on Twitch TV. And that was, we had yes. about that earlier. <laughs> I would that have loved to have gone into uh, some more details as as we're all getting our our earphones in because we had not had them <laughs> for the... You have to let me know. Hang on. There we go. There we go. So can I can... Um, so the Twitch TV, how does that work? Do you think it's going to be similar to what they had uh, for the Star Wars celebration? It is. Twitch TV is an interesting um, f- mm-hmm. platform to work on because it hasn't mm-hmm. really kind of gotten the audience that um, a lot of people are uh, kind of expecting. Um, however, it's a solid um, setup. It's a, it's it's kind of like the Google Google Plus of video streaming in that it's very, very good. Uh, great quality. It's just that it hasn't really kind of connected. This may be something that really will uh, allow that to happen. Um, so, yeah, get yourself your Twitch TV account set up. Um, I think I've got mine on a... I mean, I know that Nerdist broadcast on Twitch TV, and I think I installed it for that, but I don't think I've been, I don't think I've opened it up since. So <laughs> I'll be I'll be paying close attention to uh, seeing what uh, NYCC uh, do with Twitch. So no, yeah, that was a, a very interesting one. It also furthers on the conversation that uh, myself, Alyssa, and a whole bunch of us have talked uh-huh. about video streaming at conventions. So interesting to see what uh, be interesting it's- to see what content they come up with. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm curious about is whether or not they actually have anything from the panels or if it, or if it is just, um, uh, video streaming of the floor and, and whatnot. And yeah. so I, and New York Con has also put out, um, just for your information and for other people, they may not know, uh, printable, downloadable versions of, uh, maps of the convention center. They put out, um, an artist alley map with a listing of tables and a map. They did not have this last year. And it was one of the major points that they, um, got feedback on during the talkback panel that is available. Um, I know that we've got it in our, our uh, thread on maps on the forum. Um, they also did a, a printable map that you can actually use this year <laughs> of the show floor. So you can print out specific seg- sections, blow it up, uh, and and write the uh, different uh, booth numbers, do- booths on that map. So um, that was one thing that I thought was absolutely huge. Um, they did this a couple of days ago. So what do we have on the list for, I know we've got uh, Jen Reg coming up after oh, New York. Con. Uh, yeah. We, <laughs> or pre-reg. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, well, um, we've got, well, it's not Jen Reg. Easy tiger. No. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Good grief. We really are getting ahead of ourselves. No, it is, of course, um, uh, pre-reg uh, is the next thing when it comes to San Diego Comic-Con. Uh-huh. Um, now, as far as I'm aware, it's uh, the end of, is it, is it the end of October? I believe they it said is. After October, after the end of October. So yeah. after October 31st. So we're all thinking it can't be the 1st of November. So it's probably going to be the, um, uh, the following weekend uh, yeah. to get it done before Thanksgiving. Um, we have a number of newer people and people who are phasing out of press, uh, press tickets and pro reg who are looking at gen reg. Hence my uh, slipping into gen reg as opposed to pre reg. Oh, <laughs> so I do apologize. It's all over the place, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But no, yes, you've got, you've got yourself a month to get your um, badge team sorted out or whatever kind of uh-huh. methods you're going to use to kind of uh, uh, get yourself in the best position to uh, take part in the pro, uh, pre-registration badge sale. So that's going to be happening um, in about um, about five weeks' time. Um, well, that's the, that, yeah, like I say, that's the kind of uh, right. the assumption. Now, do um, you know, when oh, are we going to do our special on pre-reg? We're probably going to be doing it um, on that uh, on the 1st. Um, okay. the kind of like that, that week, the ideal week before, um, it'll okay. give us, um, a chance to play the video back for, um, people who haven't taken part in the, uh, the sale, but it, because it is pre-reg, it is going to be people who know what they're talking about, but it mm-hmm. is going to be about the way that, uh, if there's been any announcement changes to, uh, how the badge sale is going to go. I personally, and this is where I put my neck on the line. I personally don't think there's going to be any change at all. Um, while there were still people who were very frustrated, that's eventually what's going to happen when you have half a million people, uh, that's just the Facebook uh, fans, trying to funnel their way into the, the kind of the, ho- the, the rabbit hole, which is uh, buying a badge for um, San Diego Comic-Con, pre-reg and general reg. So I don't think they're going to change anything because at the moment the system kind of works. 
Um, so, uh, what, what do you think, Alyssa? Do you think they're going to make any alterations? I don't think so. Um, I, I just want to see, be the Cheerio trending <laughs> on, on uh, Twitter. That's, that's my thing. Just be the Cheerio. <laughs> Harkening back to the analogy that was made, I think it was in one of the little blurbs that um, they had running across. Was that where the Cheerio came in? <laughs> well, the, the, right. Well, this is where I get a little bit sh- shy and reticent about this. Right. Be the Cheerio was basically something that was put together by uh, Comic-Con as a tip or about uh, an analogy about how the whole thing is done in terms of the sorting uh, when a spoon comes into the bowl and randomly selects a number of Cheerios and you are one of those Cheerios. That was the analogy. At which point, um, I believe it was Sarah from the uh, um, unofficial blog that said, I think we all need to be the Cheerio then. <laughs> at which, at which point, at which point, some egotistical maniac uh, created the hashtag "Be the Cheerio," and it kind of ran from there uh, to, to the point where Comic Book Resources uh, printed my name. Um, so yes. Oh, and so you, so you're it, taking ownership of "Be the Cheerio." I was, I was the first person to use the hashtag. Uh, so there you go, and from there it just kind of yeah, be the cheerio. But well, no, I, think- I, I, I fully accept that it was um, I think it was Sarah from the mm-hmm. uh, uh, unofficial blog that she was the one that said first we need to be the cheerio, and I totally agree. But it's a good way of illustrating and, and reminding people that it's not you don't get sorted um, in the traditional no. sense and put into an order. It's all about where you are when the spoon comes in. Absolutely. You know, when that, that, that time second hand slips over. And so I think that's kind of where we are for the next couple of weeks. Um, are you ready to talk about, um, well, perhaps, oh, perhaps international travel that you well, may be going the on? Thing. Yes. Let's t- well, let's talk about the next four weeks at least Okay. Uh, when it comes to uh, the hangouts. Like I say, next week, special uh, episode, and this one is going to be live. He's actually going to be joining us on this one. So no stuttery camera on this one. Uh, it's going to be Cameron Duell. Really looking forward to it. Um, so that's Cameron Duell from Funko. And then the week after, uh, we're going to be having Alyssa joining us from a New York Comic Con. Uh, hopefully we're going to be having special guests in terms of um, Jason and Jesse from the Nerd Truth, which are always good fun when they join us. And hopefully we're going to be joined as well by Russ Burlingame uh, from Comic Book um, comicbook.com um, so he's hopefully going to be uh, the, all three of them are going to be hopefully crowding around Alyssa uh, at uh, New York Comic Con on the vantage point above the exhibition centre the week after is Lakes International Comic Arts Festival which takes place uh, in Kendall uh, up in Cumbria here in the UK um, it, it's the third year of this festival taking place, which is just insane to me that it has become such a recognised event um, already. Kieran Gillen's going to be there, um, Charlie Adlard, uh, a whole bunch of brilliant creators, including a bunch from um, the US and Canada. Uh, they're teaming up with uh, a Canadian uh, festival to bring a whole bunch of Canadian talent over, including uh, Stuart and Catherine Immonen which um, I'm really looking forward to because he's doing such fantastic work on Star Wars, uh, the core title at the moment. And then the week after, and this is what Alyssa's kind of uh, talking about, um, there are two cons taking place. There's MCM London, 
which is taking place at the XL Exhibition Center in the capital. And there's also Paris Comic Con, which is uh, taking place um, at uh, the Grande Ville, or the Ville de Grande uh, in Paris. Um, now, it's all entirely down to press badges and also my personal finances as well. But fingers crossed, I will be going over to Paris for that. Um, we're not entirely sure whether I'll be able to do a um, hangout at that point. Fingers crossed. But we are hoping that I'll be able to do something uh, as a report of Paris Comic Con. Because with Frank Miller and Brian Michael Bendis on board, it's going to be an amazing event. Organised by Reed Pop and the first one in Paris. So very much looking forward to that. I have been trying to get Miller Miller's autograph for years and years. I am so jealous. I would it's, love to go to that one with you. It will be really fr- <laughs> it's going to be really frustrating that if I do get the chance to get an interview time with Frank Miller, that the only copy of The Dark Knight Returns that I'm going to be presenting to him is the original first issue of uh, sorry the um, the hard uh, sorry, not the hardback the uh, the kind of like the the, the original trade, trade yeah. which is battered to hell <laughs> it's it's not in any way shape or form in any kind of condition but that would be perfect for him to just scrawl over this oh. thing which is falling apart it's a well read well loved copy copy of that book but there we go so. There you go. Um, oh, yes. Uh, Michael Leventhal has uh, jumped in on the Q&A correctly, uh, telling us that next week is also MondoCon in uh, Austin. So we are going to uh, talk about that as well. If anybody is out there and going to MondoCon and would like to to jump in on the Hangout for a few minutes, love to have you. And I think that pretty much goes for any any fun con that, that people are going to over the, the course of the next 12 months. Sounds like a plan, yeah. If I mean, yeah. we, 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 I mean, it is a round table. Anyone can yes. sit in, and uh, we, yeah, we'd love to have you. Um, so if you are going to MondoCon, yeah, get your phone handy. Make sure it's fully charged because if you're running <laughs> iOS nine at the moment, you'll be noticing that your battery is utterly crap because uh, that's what iOS nine has done. Thanks, Apple. Um, so there we go. Uh, thank you very much indeed for your time. Next week again, Cameron Duell from Funko. Hopefully, Alyssa is going to be joining us. And yes. uh, yeah, best of luck with the website, Alyssa. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed you on that one. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. From all of us, thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye.